So where I lived in Coney Island and Brighton Beach, the majority of the residents uh, were lower income in comparison to say other neighborhoods in Brooklyn. And you see, uh, again, as I said, I would generally almost always stay in that neighborhood. It's just the way it worked in Brooklyn. Uh, one day I find myself in a different neighborhood, uh, Bensonhurst, Brooklyn, uh, larger neighborhood. And the way I wound up there was my mom was dating a guy and he lived there in Bensonhurst, and she said, hey, Davey, you know, they called me, we're going to go and visit uh, Jack's parents today. We're going to go see them over in Bensonhurst. And I said, okay, so we went there. I'm pretty sure it's the first time I ever met uh, these people, who would eventually become my grandparents, by the way. Uh, thank God. Uh, and so, you know, I met them. I, I was introduced to them, uh, some niceties, and then they sent me outside to play. It's a bad idea, right? And so quickly upon getting out there, I noticed that house after house after house, almost every house on the block has these bright, big, large, colorful bulbs attached to this string. It's over all their stoops and their fences and their, their staircases and uh, it's around their statues of Mary and Jesus and some other people, just all over the place. Now, now I recognize them, they're, they're Christmas lights. I had seen them before, I just had never seen so many of them before on so many houses compared to where I lived. It was like this plethora. And I thought, wow, no one knows me in this place, and I don't know anybody in this place. So with that, I grabbed a bulb, I twisted it, I pulled it out, and I chucked it, boom, it's like super cool. Grab another bulb, twist it, and they, were like, they would fill up my whole hand like a baseball, that's how big they were. Tossed it, boom, colorful glass all over the place. Well, I'll tell you, I made about several houses down the block, right? And I see this guy, Jack, no, 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 running down the block, his arms wailing, and that's like my first vivid memory of Christmas lights, right? Maybe yours is a little bit different than mine, but we know that when we start to see the lights going up on people's homes, their yards, it's Christmas time, right? We have entered into the Christmas season. And that's what we're doing here with this sermon series, as we call. We know that we're in the Christmas season, and we're doing this series called Christ in the Christmas Tree because we want to take these symbols that surround the Christmas tree that we believe point you to who Jesus is. The lights remind us of Jesus and helping to keep him at the center of our Christmas season. Now, do any, of you have ever, do any of you know the history of the story behind Christmas? I mean, the lights, the history of the Christmas lights? All right, no one knows, huh? All right, I'm good, there you go. Fireman Matt, do you know? <laughs> Since you know so much this morning. All right. All right. So the tradition, it dates back to the 17th century. It originated in Germany, then it went to Eastern Europe, and then eventually the United States. And the way it would work is those who could afford it would express their Christmas spirit by lighting a candle and putting it on a tree. And usually the tree would be in their living room. That alone might, you know, be uh, an indication that the family was well off. And maybe, the, you know, the family members, mom, dad, grandparents, they'd give these candles and with some wax and they'd put them out on the tree and they would leave them there for a short time and then blow them out. Otherwise, if they left them there too long, the tree would go up in flames, burn the house down, and bad Christmas, right? So according to John Hansen, who's this 
kind of Christmas historian, the candles were originally lit to signify the light of Jesus. Fast forward, late 1800s, 1882, a guy named Edward Johnson, who's a friend and business partner of Thomas Edison, the guy who invented the light bulb. Well, Johnson invents this string of light bulbs to be placed on a Christmas tree for the first time ever. And the way they promoted it was, I think it was Edison miniature lamps for Christmas trees, no danger, no smoke, no smell. Wow, right? Now, why would Christians, going back to the 17th century, why would they start putting candles on their Christmas trees as a symbol for the light of Jesus? Like, where did they get that from? Where did they come up with that? Well, I want to tell you where they got it from. Back up now thousands of years, if you will. It all started with this Jewish feast called the Feast of Tabernacles. Don't check out on me when I said Jewish feast. See, this feast was a, a celebratory, joyous type of feast, say in comparison to a Feast of Atonement, which was kind of solemn. The feast was designated to be a reminder of the history of, uh, the history of the nation of Israel, particularly a time when the Israelites were delivered by God through Moses out of slavery in Egypt. We talked about that last week. And, and after being taken out of slavery, they then wandered for 40 years in the wilderness on the way to the Promised Land. And when they were wandering, going about, God met two particular needs of the Israelites, and that was water and light. God provided them with light. As they traveled in the Promised Land, occasionally they would have to travel at night. They wouldn't want to do that often because it was dangerous to travel at night, especially without light. And God provided them light. We read in Exodus chapter 13, verse 21 through 22, by day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, on their way to the promised land, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. So during this feast of tabernacles, there were two main ceremonies every day. In the morning, they would kind of focus on the provision of water. But at nighttime, in the evening, they would look to the fire. The, cer the evening ceremony involved light. And that's when they would just literally like light up, the the, especially the, the court of women, they would just light the place up. They'd put up these huge, I guess every night they'd go around and you'd have these 16 huge golden bowls of oil with uh, wicks that were made from the priest, the Jewish priest's clothes, they put them in there. And the light would not only light up that court of women, a part of the temple, but really it would reflect out into Jerusalem. You could see it for miles. You got it. I want you to picture this now. I mean, it's, it's a time of celebrate. It's, they're celebrating. There's, there's this light, magnificent light. People are dancing. There's music. They're talking. There's laughter. And now it's getting to the ending of the night. Matter of fact, many people believe it's the last night of the feast, and the flames are flickering, and the the wicks are dwindling. And in that scene, amongst all of that, Jesus walks out into the front of all, in the middle of it all, and he says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Whoa! All the talking stops. The music stops. The dancing stops. Everything shuts down, and people are like, 
They're stunned. They're shocked because it was such an audacious statement. When Jesus said, I am the light of the world, what he, they knew what he was saying. What he was claiming to be was the Messiah. What he was saying is, I am God. And in that culture, in that time, that was crazy. And Jesus said that he was the light of the world because he had come from the Father. He had spoken to the Father. And he knew he was going to the Father. So he said, I am and Jesus tells them over and over, and Jesus speaks to us over and over and says, we have a heavenly Father. Jesus in becoming light leads us to our heavenly Father. He connects us to our heavenly Father. That's the blessing. That's the encouragement and the benefit we have in Jesus being light. That he brings us, points us, connects us to relationally our heavenly Father. John chapter 1 verse 10 says, he, Jesus, was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, the name of Jesus, he gave them the right to become children of God. You are a child of God. You are a child of God. You do not have to live alone. You do not have to live in isolation. You certainly don't need to live in darkness. Isolation is to, you put yourself apart, you're separated from others, disconnected. You know, Christmas time, it is a time of, of a loneliness. It's a time of people feel rejected. It, it should be a good time. It should be a time of celebration, of rec recognition, of remembrance, but often it's a time yeah, of, of reflection, but reflecting on regrets, uh, troubling relationships. Uh, it's a, it can be a time when we miss loved ones who are not with us and we can get steeped in sort of a sadness or depression. And this is not what it should be. This season should be a time of celebration, of recognition that God came into this world and He was light, and that light points us to relationship, not isolation, to connection, not separation from God our Father. And yet there's so much pain and troubling around Christmas time. I, I, I'd imagine if I talked to the police in these, near, in these towns around us, that they would, I wonder if they tell us that there was an uptick in crime around the holidays compared to the months before and afterwards, huh? And you hear a lot of different stories. I heard a story not too long ago about this, you know, crazy domestic family dispute. Because some of our families are crazy, right? Yeah, and we got to see them around the holidays, right? And maybe not the whole family, maybe somebody in the family is just living in this really excessively dysfunctional way. Because I think we all have some dysfunction, but sometimes people, they major and master in dysfunction, right? Usually... <laughs> I don't know, I, I think I'm on the better side of that, right? Don't ask Matt. <laughs> don't ask Christy. But yeah, but there's that, this thing with our family. And so I hear this story about this domestic family uh, dispute. We're going to say it was in Westminster, because we, we don't want to say Winchenden, because we've been picking on Winchenden a lot lately. All right, so there's this, this the police are called to this domestic dispute in, uh, in Westminster. It turns out a woman shot her husband. She shot her husband because he walked on the floor after she mopped it. Yeah, yeah. 
So the police are called to the scene, they get there, and after they get there, as kind of protocol maybe, the police sergeant, you know, maybe lieutenant, he gets a call, and he rushes over to the scene, and he gets there and he sees his two officers outside, and he says to them, knowing all that's gone on already, he says, hey, have you arrested the woman? They said, no, we have not. He said, why haven't you taken her to custody? They said, we're waiting for her floor to dry. So, <laughs> crazy relatives, right? Crazy people in our lives. And they don't, like, they don't retire for Christmas. They're around, huh? You've got some of them in your life. Listen, whether we have a caring family, a crazy family, or no family at all, we can rejoice that God has adopted us into his family, Right? The lights of Christmas remind us that we have a heavenly Father who sent Jesus into this world to be the light, that he is the light, and that we now, through that, can be adopted into God's family, and we are never, ever, ever alone. God is with us. That is Christmas. That is the light that God is amongst us, and God is with us. So, so Jesus brought that light into our lives. And he brought us from isolation into close relation. Isolation is a sense that we're separated from God and from other people. Close relation is where we're now reconciled with God. We're reconciled with others. And that's really all this is magnified around the Christmas season to the extent that you're disconnected and separated from God and in in dysfunctional relationships, it's kind of magnified at Christmas. And to the extent that you're right with God and close with God, and they're highly likely in better relationships with others, it's just a, Christmas is a cool, good time, right? And it's usually how it goes. To the extent that you are close to God, know God, connected to God, your relationships generally will be healthy because they'll be filled with humility and forgiveness and unselfishness. That's all good stuff. That's, that's a result of being light. So notice I said being light versus being darkness, being in the darkness and living in a selfish way, struggling to ask forgiveness, to recognize any wrongs, thinking of yourself first and foremost above all things and all people. And then Christmas tends to be a time of regret, not reconciliation, a time of where you're slowly isolating yourself. You could be with 100 people, but you're isolated. Huh? I want you to listen up today. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And this is a life-changing verse. If you see it for what it is, if you see Jesus for who he is this Christmas season, it's, it says, the Bible tells us that following Jesus, and you hear that term a lot in here, it's more than just tagging along behind Jesus. It's more than, you know, just recognizing Jesus here and there. It means following him for who he is. That you're so taken with him, that he's so within you that you have joined him in your heart and your soul and your mind. And notice this. When you follow him, you have him. You have him, people. You know, insecurity is such a common characteristic amongst people. Now, when I say that, people, I'm talking across the socioeconomic spectrum. I've been with people and hung out with them and party with them, and 
from $10,000 to several hundred thousand dollars, and insecurity is just a common thing amongst people. You know, people think, you know, they're going to lose what they have. They're going to lose that money. They're going to lose that car. They're going to lo lose that occupation. They're, they're, they're going to lose what they have. They're going to lose that notoriety. In, they live out of this fear, this anxiety, this uncertainty that they're going to lose what they have. And this morning I tell you, follow Jesus for all he is and have Jesus this Christmas. Because when you have Jesus, everything else is so much less significant. Everything else is put in such a better light, huh? spiritually speaking. Have Jesus this Christmas. Jesus said, whoever follows me will have light. He's saying, you will have me. I will be your light. If you follow me, you have me. I am yours. I am God. I am and I am yours. Notice the last verse of John chapter 8, verse 12. Jesus says, but will have the light of life. But will have the light of life of life. What's the connection between light and life? The Apostle John, St. John, tells us in his Gospel, chapter 1, verse 4, it says, he gives us this answer to the connection between light and life. In him, Jesus was life, and the life was the light of men. You see, the life gives the light. The life Jesus has and the life he shares with those who follow them gives, gives the light. Jesus gave his life for us. God sent his son to earth, greatest miracle known in the history of the world, wrapped him in human flesh to walk and be amongst us. He gave his life that we would have light and we would have him. Apart from Jesus, we're dead and blinded to the light. We just, we can't see the light. We, we can't understand the light. We cannot appreciate the light. Yeah. So it's not really valuable. It, where, what is it? So instead we appreciate, we value, and we invest ourselves in things that are not of the light. So they're of what? The darkness. We do. We put our, our minds, our time, our emotions, we invest them in things that are not of light. In a sense, we appreciate slash meaning value these things more than the light. We indulge to please ourselves physically with, with sexual morality or, or food or a drunkenness or whatever it might be. Or we, we, we put our emotions into a certain way of thinking and we harvest this uh, fears and anxieties and depression. We're just, we're there. And somehow what we don't realize is this is what we're valuing, what we're appreciating. And it's because we've just not had, we've not seen the light. It's because we've not, we don't have Jesus to the extent that he has called us to, to the extent that God has created us for. Some of us just simply don't have Jesus. But this Christmas, I tell you, have Jesus. Have life. Do not be blinded to the light. Jesus says in John chapter 8, 24, get this. And he's saying this to those who are listening in the audience, same chapter, same time, same night, same bad channel, same bad time. Right? Jesus says in John chapter 8, verse 24, I told you that you would die in your sins if you do not believe that I am he. 
you will indeed die in your sins. If you do not believe that I am God, if you do not believe that I am the Messiah, Jesus is saying, open your eyes and see that I am the light of the world. Receive me, know me as your light, and you will not perish. You will have eternal life. Appreciate eternal life. Don't value temporary. Appreciate eternal. There's a big mix here. Where is your heart? Where is your mind? Is it fixed on the things of the temporary nature in this world, or is your heart and mind fixed on eternity? Because light is eternity. Light is valuing. You can't value life any more than if you start looking at it from an eternal perspective. But if you're looking at life from a temporary perspective, you're just not going to value light. You're not going to value what's most important in life. You're going to value what's temporary, what's fleeting, what decays, what rusts. But if you value, if you know Jesus, if you have Jesus, your eyes are opened and you value eternal life. You value that God sent his son into this world that you would have light and you would have life and life abundantly. Now, here's the good news. When you go to the ending of chapter 8 in verse 30, we see that we see the response of many of those who were listening to Jesus when he gave this message. Many of those who heard that audacious statement, I am the light. John chapter 8, verse 30. As he, Jesus, was saying these things, many believed in him. That's great news, isn't it? That's awesome news. Worship team, why don't you come on up? Many believed in him. That's why Jesus came into the world that many would believe in him. That's why he spoke those words, I am the light, that magnificent night. That's why I'm preaching this message. That's why we're here today. That's why the building was renovated. That's why the people there were in the booth with all the audio and the visual and the lighting and doing all that, and they get here early and they take their time and they have to deal with me. That's why. So people can come to believe in Jesus and know that he is the light of the world. We want that to happen for you today. We want you to truly believe in Jesus. We want you to have Jesus this Christmas season. Listen to what Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 12. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but have the light of life. I mean life. you got one life to live. Live it abundantly. Live it richly. Live it deeply. Live it with meaning. You think that's beyond you. You hear it in a song, blah, blah, blah. You, okay, you go back to your life. You watch a movie, blah, blah, blah. You, you put it aside. No, this was meant for you to live life abundantly. To have Jesus. So, for when Jesus said that statement in John chapter 8, verse 12, 2,000 years go on, and for 2,000 years, Christians have associated Jesus with light, which makes a lot of sense, hopefully, to you now, now that you understand that Jesus is the light of the world. So in the 17th century, some Christians, you know, had this idea in Germany, you know it would be appropriate? appropriate, let's put some candles on the Christmas tree to signify the light that Christ brought into this world. As time went on, Christians would start putting lights, candles in their windows, lights, to signify the light that Jesus brought into the world. And when people would pass by, it would be an indication, indication that the family living in that home were trusting in Jesus as the light of the world for their salvation, for their path to heaven. 
So from there, it just spread, right? Lights everywhere. Lights on the tree, lights on the windows, lights in the yards. This season, this Christmas season, when we see the lights, let us thank our Heavenly Father for Jesus, who was born the light of the world, through whom God meets our spiritual needs for salvation. We all have the need for salvation. Some might value it, some might think it's rubbish, moronic. Some will think it's the most powerful, most wonderful thing in the world. It is. We all have this need, this kind of inner craving to know God. So let's put Jesus back into his proper place this Christmas. Let's really align everything around our faith in Jesus. Now, for those of you who do not know Jesus, you're not a follower of Jesus, uh, you, you just don't know where this whole thing lands in your intellect and in your spirit. I want to end our time together by pointing out that Jesus not only made a proclamation in John chapter 8, verse 12, the proclamation, I am the light of the world, but Jesus also made the invitation, right? The invitation that whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but have the light of life. It's just so good not to walk in darkness. And when anybody don't walk in darkness, it's not like this darkness we shine a flashlight here. No, meaning that light is within you. Jesus is in you. You are light, you know, that when you walk into darkness, you're light. Do you understand that? It's not like something that's temporary or something that's an add-on, something that's like an, a, a, a side light. It's who you are. You have Jesus. You have light. Jesus is giving you an invitation this morning. He's inviting you to follow him. Listen, it's dangerous to walk around in the dark. Have you not noticed that? Of all the things that have gone on in your life and what you've seen in other people's lives, the things that are negative, they generally happen in darkness. And I mean in a spiritual darkness, not only a, you know, environmental darkness. I mean a spiritual darkness. And all the things that bring us gladness and joy and peace and warmth. This is light. For this is God. And, and God is good. And all good things come from God. Today, Jesus says to you, he offers to you, I am illuminating the road to your eternal life. I am pointing you to your heavenly Father that you would not be alone and that you would have eternal life and here peace and joy on earth. Will you follow him? Will you have him? Why don't you stand with me and bow your heads? Father, I am so grateful for this morning. I am so grateful that you sent Jesus into this world. If you're here, here this morning and, and you, today's the day where you're going to follow Jesus, you're, you're going to know Jesus, then I'd encourage you to speak these words and say these words as I pray them. God, I, I need you, and I want more of you today. God, I want to live in the light. I want to be light. I want to know Jesus, the light of the world. Forgive me for the way I've lived apart from you. For forgive me for valuing darkness and that which is temporary instead of desiring and wanting and appreciating that which is eternal. 
But today my heart is changed. Today you have raised me up. You have awakened me. You have drawn me close to you. And I thank you. And I live in that thanksgiving right now. I hold it. It's mine. It's a gift. I am in the light. And I know Jesus is my Savior, my light, the one who has pointed me to you. In Jesus' name, amen.